Welcome to Momentum Church. Amen. All right, this is our second week in a two-week series that we have called <clears throat> the Faith-Filled Family Christmas. And um, we're looking at two families in the Christmas story. Last week, we looked at Zachariah and Elizabeth. This week, we're going to be looking at Joseph and Mary. And um, before we do, let me just ask you guys something. How many here in your life you have made plans before? Anytime, anytime. Like, like nobody went to dinner this week or nothing like that? Like, no, every one of us has made plans before. And um, how many in this room, though, how many your plans have been frustrated or challenged? at times how many enjoys that like none of us it's just so frustrating for that to happen and and this isn't a big plan but it was something that was big to me last year I really wanted to celebrate turning 50 I'm 51 now but I wanted to celebrate turning 50 by doing something epic you know and I wanted to celebrate my newfound health from 15 years almost 15 years of obesity and getting healthy I wanted to do something epic so me and some friends decided we were going to do the rim to rim to rim hike of the Grand Canyon and so we were going to go across it twice and that's about 50 miles and one of those days, we are going to do it in one day, so 25 miles, and it was a big deal, and we were excited about it, and we turned in our permits and all this kind of stuff, and we got denied. And I was frustrated, because I had already told people, I'm going to do this. How many hates it when you're playing, you tell something, and then it doesn't happen? Like, I, that's, that's part of how I do my life. Like, if I'm going to do something, I just say it. Like, I'm going to marry Amy. And I couldn't back down, I just had to do it. <laughs> you know, we realized Friday night, 33 years of dating. Oh, this, oh, like, yeah, that was a nervous clap. Like, I'm not sure what this, <laughs> like, like, is it such a miracle that it's just all inspiring? Like, oh my gosh, really? She's dated him that long, you know? So, no, but, <laughs> so we got denied and it just crushed me. I, I mean, I was looking forward to it and I was kind of working toward it, you know, just hiking more miles and things like that. But the thing about frustrated plans is they can lead to new opportunities, you know? And so in a year's time on um, this past October, you know, I had not got to go do that, you know? And so I was very frustrated about not getting to do it. And so <clears throat> last March, I thought, thought I still want to do something epic. I want to do something. So I made plans to start to train to run to do this ultra marathon. And yes, ultra marathon crossfitters and vegans, they're all the same. You can't talk to them without them saying something about it. Oh, shut up. You know that's true. You know that's true. And so I, I just, all I'm getting at is that I had to shift my plans up. I was frustrated, but then there was an opportunity to do something different. And you know what? That new opportunity to do something different actually affected my life for the long run way more than that weekend hike ever would have. Because it affected my life in the sense that now I'm planning my life around running and, and extra fitness and eating healthier so I can run and not die at 50 years old trying to run, you know? And um, it changed my whole life. But that wouldn't have happened if I would have went to the hike. It would just been another really neat backpacking trip, which I've done a lot. I love backpacking, you know? And so all I'm saying is planning is a part of life. It's a healthy part of life, but also you know that plans often get turned sideways. Now, if you don't plan, you're not being an adult, right? I mean, like, that's kind of part of what we do with our teenagers. We're teaching them how to set a plan, how to make a plan. You know, so if you're not planning, something's wrong. No, you got to take control of your life, your situation. But on the other hand, as we try to get a grip on our future, as we try to get a grip on our plans, there are times where that grip gets challenged. 
There's times where that grip feels weak. There's times when it feels like the plan ahead of us is out of our control. And so for some of you in this room, you have plans for your career and your career looks a whole lot different. How many is in a career right now that's way different than what you went to college for? Like, yeah, yeah, I went to school for or study. Yeah, exactly, you know. Some of you in this room, you have plans for your relationship. And I would love for you to have had that story that Amy and I had. And by no fault of your own, you don't have that story. Married a few years, you know, you were dreaming of that relationship and you got married and it was, it was, it was hell from the start. I don't know how to say it nice, you know. It was, it was like, man, there's a devil in my house and it's called my spouse, you know. And, and man, it just wasn't what you expected. And your plans got frustrated and challenged, you know. Some of you, in your health, you had plans. And now you're in your 50s or 60s and man, you're not experiencing what you hoped for, you know. Maybe financially, you had plans. And I'm gonna have this set up by this time in my life, and I'm gonna have, I think everybody in this room, the majority of us are saying to ourselves, yeah, not quite where we thought we'd be financially right now. Am I alone in that? Yeah, yeah. So plans get frustrated. And with that, those interruptions, those challenges, I mean, you gotta do something with that because it's in that place of the interrupted plan that frustration and fear abide. It's in that place where this isn't how I, thought life would go, that now fear or frustration start to rise up. It's in these seasons, though, also, when the struggle is happening at the most, that you are given the opportunity to be filled with faith. Faith-filled family Christmas. I told you last week, this isn't a faith that you're just, mm, I'm believing. No, this is a faith that comes from just God Almighty just putting an assurance in you. I pray there's some people in this room today that you'll leave today just with an assurance, amen? That's my hope, that's my, my, my trust today as you're going through those frustrated and challenged plans that you might have. And this is where we pick up the Christmas story as we take a look at another faith-filled family, as we take a look at Joseph and Mary. I, I want you all to stand to your feet. We're gonna look at Luke chapter one, <clears throat> verse 26 through 33. <clears throat> As we look at Mary and her story, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled and afraid. I don't know about y'all, sometimes, you know, the favor of the Lord, it's like, oh, it's going so good. What's about to drop next? You know, like, oh, the favor, you're favored. But then it's like, oh, this, this troubled sense, you know? I kind of see that in this. She was troubled, and she said, she was trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Don't, don't worry, Mary. My favor's on you. I'm just gonna mess up all your plans. But I love you. My favor's on you. I have good things for you. But just get ready. I'm going to change everything you ever hoped, thought, dreamed of as a little girl. It is all going to be different. You ready for the challenge, Mary? <laughs> yeah, are you ready for your challenge? The things that are frustrated in your life. And he will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Father, in the name of Jesus, visit our conversation today, I pray. And Lord, allow us to leave this place with a sense of assurance in you concerning our future plans. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seat. <clears throat> 
And so Mary, she says to the angel, how am I supposed to have this child since I am a virgin? And the Holy Spirit, he says, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called a holy, the Son of God. Oh, okay. That, that just answers everything, God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I mean, like, how am I supposed to? I'm a virgin. Oh, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit's gonna come on you. And then you'll be pregnant. A what? Uh, yeah, I'll be, pre- like with a child, yeah, from the Holy Spirit, like from the Lord. He will be the son of God in me, in my womb. Like me? Like, or, like Gabriel, you know, you just want to smack an angel. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, what in the world? This woman had plans. She had her idea from childhood what this was going to be like. Put yourself in Mary's place for a moment, okay? Young woman. Dream, how many ladies you dreamed about your, your marriage ever since you were little? Like what that wedding day was going to look like? How many of y'all named your children before they were even, like, like you're a teenager naming your kids. You know, your husband has some things to do with that too. But no, the little girls, they all have these ideas. You know, that's Mary. And so now in this moment, all that is challenged. And God is doing something spiritual. Oh, good. I'm glad. God is doing something supernatural. Well, wonderful. Do I sound cynical at all? I'm just saying, that's how I feel at times. When my plans are challenged, I know God is doing something. I know it. But in the moment, I don't care. I just want my plans to be the way I've designed my plans to be. Amen? Am I human? Is that all right? All right. Y'all are much holier than me. I'm sorry. Go find a different church where the pastor's more holy. No, don't. I like you here. I like you here. No, but it's just, oh, your plans get challenged. So put yourself in her her, her shoes. Do you think anybody is really going to believe that this child was conceived of the Holy Spirit? Inquiring minds want to know, right? Do you realize the Roman administrative garrison is just four miles up the road at this town called Sephorus from Nazareth, just four miles away. It was very common for Roman soldiers to be seen in the city of Nazareth streets. Oh, I know what's going on. She laid with a Roman soldier and has this child to a Roman soldier. Wagon tongues, right? Church folk. No, I'm teasing. I'm kidding. But that's how it was. Like, who knows? The gossip flying. But that wasn't in the plans of this young girl. But now she's going to have a child born of the Holy Spirit. Who's going to believe that? Most others in the town would probably just think, well, Mary and Joseph were betrothed, but they went ahead and had relations, which is not in God's plan. And so they would condemn her for having relations before she was actually married. In either of those cases, the possibility of Mary being with a Roman soldier or the possibility of Joseph and Mary not faithfully keeping to their celibacy, either of those could be the punishment of fornication, the punishment of stoning. And this little girl, some people say probably not more than 15, 16 years old, you know, Oh my gosh, this is, this is her new reality. This is the frustrated, challenging plans that she is facing, you know. And, and then what about, what about Joseph? You know, Joseph would know that he wasn't responsible for this condition, right? It wasn't like Joseph was running around. He knew his girl. He knew nobody had been with her. He knew he hadn't been with her. So now she's pregnant. So now you got Joseph, challenged and frustrated in the middle of his plans. He had plans too, man. He betrothed this girl. 
Like in the Jewish culture of the time, you know, betrothal was just like a marriage, except you didn't have relations yet. You'd have about a year of betrothal where you give your life in covenant with a spouse to be, and then you go back to your father's home and you would create an environment for that wife to come live for that first year or so of marriage. And, and, and man, he's done all this. It's getting close to the wedding, the close to the time where he will call upon his friends and they'll go and show up at the house it's kind of in a surprise fashion and marry this girl. He has plans. But now this is what's going on. What would he say? What, would he still want to marry this girl? What about the child? What about Jesus? Would he carry the stigma of illegitimacy throughout his life as he's born the bastard child of this Nazarene girl? Amy's eyes got really big. I used that word properly. When I said that, she was like, <laughs> I was just kidding. In that brief moment, though, in the angel's presence, all of Mary's dreams, all of her future plans, they flashed before her mind. And she could see every one of those shattered. Every one of those shifted. Every one of those changed. And, and, and she has the opportunity in this moment for fear. She has the opportunity in this moment for frustration. I can see the possibility of this young girl being full of fear and frustration regarding what's next. Why? Because she's losing her grip on the plans that she had ever since a little girl. And I'll tell you right now, in your life and in my life, when I have plans and they start to be frustrated or challenged, I feel like I'm losing my grip. Like those plans are slipping from my hand. And so what do I do when I feel that way? I find myself because of fear and frustration gripping even the more. I feel that future challenge and I try to hold on to it even tighter. Think about it. fear will always cause you to hold on to something even tighter. You know, you think of a, a rickety stair step and you're starting to go down it and it doesn't feel right. You're going to take grip of the of the handrail. You're going to hold on because I just don't know if these will hold up. And so I'm going to hold on because I can't be sure these will hold up. And so you're holding, you're, you, that grip gets so tight. The problem is when it comes to the plans that we have for the future, man, holding on so tight will only frustrate you. Holding on so tight that, that this is how it's supposed to be. And this is what I hope for and how it <clears throat> will only lend to cause you maybe even to grow bitter and angry Mad at others, mad at him, mad at her, mad at God. So we see here that, that, that Mary and Joseph are given an opportunity to, to release their grip some, amen? Do you find yourself gripped with fear and frustration when your plans have been challenged? Does fear get a hold of your heart and you find yourself trying to hold on to everything, literally choking the best that you have of life out? I love what Charles Spurgeon said, can we gain anything by fearing and fuming? I don't know about you, when my plans get, get messed up, I fume. Don't I, babe? I pout, too. It's not a good sign for a 51-year-old guy to pout. It's called passive aggressiveness. That's what it's called. That's what my counselor says. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I just, oh, fear and fuming. Because of fear, do we not unfit ourselves for action? and unhinge our minds for wise decision. We are sinking by our struggles when we might float by faith. 
man, you get fearful, the plans aren't working out, and next thing you know, you make really bad decisions. You're not making wise decisions because you're reeling, and maybe you're not getting the right counsel from spiritual people in your life, friends in your life. You know, you just things are spinning around, and you take that one bad, this isn't turning out the way I want it, and you take that one bad thing, and you turn it into another, and another, and another. You're spinning out of control because of fear. Becoming unhinged, as Charles Spurgeon said. And so we've got to move away from fear when our plans are challenged. We've got to move away from fear when our plans are, are, are coming forth differently than what we had hoped for. And we need to move into the opposite of fear. How, how many know what the opposite of fear is? We could say faith, you know, we could say boldness or strength, but, but truly the opposite of fear is trust. That's what the opposite of fear is. It's just trust. If I'm going down that shaky step and it feels solid under my feet, I can trust it. I can just run right down the step, run right back up the step. I don't have any issues. I don't have to hold on so tight because I can trust the steps are holding up me, okay? And so we can see that because plans are interrupted in Mary's life. And I love this, Luke 138. Oh, Lord, let us be like Mary. Listen to what she said. Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Isn't that beautiful? Like she recognized in that moment, I'm not on my own. I have plans. I have a future. I had a desires and such. But Lord, here comes this word. I'm not on my own. I'm a servant of the Lord. At your service, God. Whatever you need me to go through. Man, when we were in, in Mansfield, um, our, our worship pastor, he wrote this little, whatever you want from me, I'll give. Whatever you say, Lord, I will do. Whatever you ask, Lord, I am willing. My desire is to do your will. That was it. We'd sing that over and over because we need to be reminded our desire is to do his will. Don't you need to be reminded of that sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I can hear that song in her. I can just hear her saying, Lord, I'm your servant. Who am I to lay out the plans before me when you laid out the foundations of the earth? I'm your servant. So whatever you will, Lord, let it be unto you, according to, or unto me, according to your word. She was faithful despite of her fear. Mary struggled to understand a plan that didn't make any sense from her perspective. Let me say it this way. Despite the lack of understanding, she chose to trust God and his word to her. That's the kind of heart we need to carry into those situations where our plans seem to be changing. Even though we will never experience the events that Mary and Joseph experienced, we do have a daily occurrence. Every day, you have some opportunity where you need to put your trust on God. <clears throat> Every day, there's little challenges and little frustrations that you can just, Lord, I trust you in this moment. Despite not knowing what's going to happen on the path next, Lord, I know I can trust you. And I'm going to tell you right now, our year is coming to an end, and there are things this past year that you were holding on to tight, and they just didn't turn out quite the way you wanted. Man, as we go into this new year, can we just surrender those things? Amen? Can we just begin to prepare our hearts? Lord, I'm your servant. Let it be unto me according to your word. I open my hands to what you desire. I open my hands, Lord. Oh, I want to control it. But Lord, I got to open my hands to what's next. That's the type of faith that I saw in Mary and Joseph. If we're faithful to God 
and to his word. We don't have to worry about the end of our journey. We don't have to worry what the big picture holds. I'm not saying you don't make plans. You make plans led by the Spirit. But as those plans shift, man, we open our hands and say, God, you have this. You're under control. You know, as a pastor, one of the things that is a blessing and a pain is I know your stories. I can't preach a sermon without seeing you, knowing some of the things you all are going through. And there's times I go to God on behalf of you. God, it's not fair. Why are those plans changing? I get frustrated for you. Is that okay? We've walked through some stuff together, haven't we? And we've seen how God's turned things around. Those pains are still there. But God is still blessed in the midst of those pains. Yeah, I love serving you people. Amy and I, we're going through it right now. Death of my mama, things that's happening with that. Man, it has messed me up, I think, more than I realized, you know. And you're there for us, and we feel it. Amen? Yeah. That's part of it. It's part of that, that we're going on a journey, and God's working these things out. Man, we just have to trust him and lean in together. We can surrender to him, our future, our plans, no matter what. And so I want to lead us into kind of the next thing here. I want to lead us into how, to, how do we do that? How do we trust him? And I would say like the overarching thought is this. Don't try to figure it out. <laughs> Not completely. God always seems like he does things in a mystery. I can almost hear Mary. Can I trust you, God, to work this out? If I encounter this word and I embrace it, can I trust you? Can I submit myself to your will? And she did. May it be unto me according to your word. When your plans are challenged, I'm telling you right now, you can trust God. You may not be able to trust that ex, that boss, that financial advisor. You may not be able to trust, but that doctor, you can trust God, amen? Listen, if you'll trust God for the unexpected, let him surprise you by doing the unexplainable, amen? He will do that. God, I don't know what's expected. I don't know what's next, but it's in your hands, and he will do the unexplainable. I've seen it over and over. It's always hindsight, though. It's always like, oh, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> look what the Lord has done, you know. But when you go in the middle of it, it's like, oh, good Lord, look what you're doing, you know. It's, it's a little different song in the middle of it. Hmm. But we can trust him, and he will do the unexplainable. So how do we trust him when our plans have been challenged? I'm just going to give you a quick three little things, all right? How do we trust him? When I can see these in Mary and Joseph's life, the first thing that we can do is we can just stay humble, when you're struggling and your plans are challenged and you don't know what's next, just stay humble. Just don't, don't try to figure it all out on your own. You don't have to understand everything to keep moving forward with God's plan. She said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. But then she continued to stay humble. But I'm your servant. That's a position of humility. I'm your servant. And so may it be unto me according to your word. Do you catch that? She came from a place of humility. She didn't fight it. She just realized who she was as a servant of the Most High. And in that moment, she humbled herself to the plan of God. John Macduff, he says, trust God where you cannot trace him. I love that. I can't figure God out sometimes, right? Do not try to penetrate the cloud he brings over you. Rather, look to the bow that is on it. The mystery is God's, the promise is yours. That's good. Man, 
that times it feels like the flood has risen up over your life. God, I don't understand. I feel like everything's being destroyed, you know? And then that rainbow comes out. Oh, God has a promise. He's working this all out for the good, you know? Same way, you're going through your plans and they're being challenged. It feels like the clouds are coming in. It feels like the storms are coming. But look to that bow. Know that there's a promise and that he is working this out for your good. It's a mystery. I don't know how he's gonna do it, but he is working it out for your good. So stay humble. Number two, keep an open mind. When your plans are being challenged and shifted, get an open mind. You have to keep an open mind when you have plans in place because God may tell you to do something different or he may allow something to happen that just shifts everything up. Keep an open mind. Her decision was to submit to God's will and to trust him with the consequences. That was her decision. But that sounds risky, doesn't it? Like, 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 wait a second, my things are shifting and I'm going to open my hands to God's will and I'm just going to submit, I'm going to be humble and I'm going to be open to what he has next. Ooh, I, I, want, to, I want to control what's next. Like, I, I need to fix this. How many of you have tried to fix something and you sure fixed it all right? You know? uh, every one of us. <laughs> so we see her keeping an open mind. And, and I know that because look, this idea of submission to God's will, it is risky. Submitting to God's will almost always involves risk. Mary said this, she said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Now watch this. And the angel departed from her. Well, thank you very much. God gives this promise. It's gonna be like this. Here's the plan. You're gonna start this, you're gonna do this, you're gonna marry this, you're gonna do that, whatever. Here's the plan. Where are you now, God? The angel departed. He left her alone. All this upon her. Yes, she, I'm going to do this. Now she's alone. That's risk. She submitted to this. She was open to, okay, God, if this is what you're saying, I'm going to do this. Then she was put in a place of risk. And so, be open-minded what God's doing next. It may look different, right? God has his hands on it. Be open to letting go of that grip a little. And watch what he is going to do. Even though you don't understand it completely. Number three I see from Joseph. This third thing, if we're going to move in these changing plans that at times happen, is number three, we got to adapt. We have to adapt. This Christmas season, we can follow Joseph's example when it comes to facing challenging or changing, rather, plans. See, Joseph realized his plans would need to change because God had something else in mind. I told you Joseph's plan how he was going to go about this, and now everything has shifted. Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I'll come back to the, the, the rest of the passage in a second. Watching Joseph adapt. According to their culture, she could have been stoned for this. According to the culture, this is like adultery. Even though they were just betrothed, they would still see it as a form of adultery. And so the first thoughts could be that. But he's a good man, it says. He's a good man. So he thinks, okay, look, I'm just going to divorce her and put her away silently. Like she can go somewhere, have the baby. Nobody has to know. We're not married. We're not together anymore. We'll just take a, separate our, you know, he's trying to figure out something. He's adapting. But God keeps working on his heart in this. 
He's considering these things, and then the angel tells him who this child is going to be. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You can see that he is adapting. He has his plans. Things are shifting. He's hearing the word of the Lord concerning the moment. Still doesn't have the full answer, but he goes ahead and takes the next steps. He's adapting. We can see it in his life. When Herod begins to slaughter every child that's a male from two years old down in Judea, and he rises up and adapts, the angel speaks to him to get out of Dodge, and he heads off to Egypt with his family. He's adapting. He comes back to Nazareth. He's adapting. You know, he's listening to the will of the Lord. I don't believe he ever had it fully figured out. Even at 12, Jesus is in the temple talking to all these religious leaders, and they're in the city. Where are you, Jesus? Where are you? You know? Like the son of God part, they wanted to worship, but I think the son of Joseph, they want to wear that boy out. He's looking for him. He didn't have it all figured out even then. Remember, Jesus had to say to him, I am about my father's business. So even Joseph, all through his life, he's just adapting to the plan of God. It's different than what he expected, and he's adapting to it. We need to be able to adapt to it. The Lord gave Joseph strength and peace. And I pray that God will give you that same kind of strength and peace, even though your situation, your plans are shifting right now, possibly. We can learn a lot from Joseph's ability to adapt while letting God lead. I'm learning right now, you know. You all know about my mom passing away, right? And so that was Wednesday morning, two and a half weeks ago, or a week and a half, or yeah, the 29th. And I was loopy. I didn't sleep good. I slept about two hours. I, and, um, and I realized, like I said this week, man, I, I am a mess. I'm just not good. And so um, I wake up that next morning, and I was supposed to meet with some guys for prayer. At, and, and at 7 o'clock, I go to meet them. And I'm loopy. I hadn't slept. And I go to jump up in my truck, and I jump up weird, you know. And when I jump up, I just didn't jump up like I normally do. And many of you guys know I have a post in my head that my hearing device attaches to, and it allows me to hear well. And um, I clocked that post on the top of my truck coming in. I don't know how I did it, but all of a sudden, my hearing aid comes down like this. It's just swinging. I always keep my hearing aid on a tether on my glasses because you church people destroy it. (laughs) I've had two different times at church, people go, love you, smack it on the tile, and it breaks, you know? So I just keep it tethered so that way the violent love of the Christian fellowship... Stops making me. Every time I'd call to make an insurance claim, they're like, where did this happen? At church. <laughs> like, oh, you go to a Pentecostal church, don't you? He's like, yeah. Yeah, we dance and shout and lay hands on. No, no, but, but I, it, the tether, um, I had it on, and, and that, that hearing aid goes swinging like this, and I grab it. You know, I go to put it back on the post. The post is not in my head. And I'm like, what the world? My stomach goes up in my throat. You know, I'm just sick to my stomach. What in the world's happened? And um, man, I lost mama yesterday. I lose my good hearing today. I'm looking all on the ground. I find it on the floorboards of the truck, the little post, titanium post. And I'm looking at it. It's supposed to break away from your skull. And a soft weld can be replaced with the new outer part. And the inner part is osseointegrated. Wonderful word. It is fused into your bone. Mine isn't anymore. <laughs> It broke the whole thing out of my skull. So I have a big old dent in my head. And, and um, man, 
My plans have changed. That was not my plans, you know? Frustrated, disappointed. But I'll be honest, and Amy can attest this, in a better place dealing with this than I've done probably anything that we've went through in our marriage, you know? Like, like I feel like, thank you, Lord, I'm finally not a punk. You know, I'm finally getting that place where I can rest. Okay, Lord, I don't know what your purpose is in this, you know, but you got a purpose. I, I get that, you know. You have a purpose. And, um, and it's just frustrating because y'all, y'all know the miracle that it took for me to get the first one. Many of you guys know the story. I pray. That was my plan. God's going to heal me. I've laid hands on a few deaf people in my life. One totally deaf and two partially, like deaf in one ear. And their hearing came back. Not because of me, because of Jesus. Because if it was me, I'd be healed right now. Because I'd be like, okay, now, now. And I'll be honest, there was a lot of times in the 10 years I was deaf before I was aided that I would, I'd pray, God, you're going to heal, you're going to do a work, you're going to, you know, I'd go, I would go to every, every altar call I could, you know, every preacher that had a healing ministry, you know, just bathe me in oil, I don't care, I just want to heal Jesus, you know. And the miracle didn't come. But see how God shifts and plans change. And, and um, man, learned a lot during that decade. Learned to be a better listener because I had to concentrate, you know. I'm a talker. I learned how to listen. Um, Amy grew a lot during that time because if we were anywhere out in public together, like a restaurant with people, I just have to kind of sit and smile. And, mm-hmm. and she got to talk finally. <laughs> and she grew in her ability. She's amazing. Isn't she amazing? I'm, I love my girl. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I just, yeah. So I thought it would be healed, and it didn't. And through a miraculous way, somebody started coming to the church, and they had a connection with the doctor, and they come up with this certain amount of money. If you can do this cash, we can do it for this d- discounted price. And behind the scenes, I didn't know all this. People raised money and all, I mean, like, and it ended up being a miracle, but not just my miracle, Ended up being our church in Ohio, churches that I've, I've helped plant here in Georgia, this church, friends, family, all over the place, people's miracle, because we all partnered together to give me back my hearing. The fish got involved, 104.7. Man, I just blown away eight years ago. And um, man, that first day, all I could think of was, I messed all that up. I'm just being honest, that's where my heart was. It's like, Ross, you're so freaking clumsy. I am. And I'm like, man, eight good years, and I messed up the miracle that everybody invested in. Just crushed, I mean, I just felt so bad. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay? I messed it up. But then on the backside of it, the last couple weeks, it's like, Lord, you got something here. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it is the time he's not gonna heal it through mechanical means. Wouldn't that be awesome? Woo, I will run the tops of these chairs. I'm telling you right now, I will. Man, who knows? But God, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. It's, it's all good, right? <laughs> Mom didn't see it. Good. It's all good. Um, so I say all that to say that there's points in your life that your future looks different than what you're expecting. Your plans are being frustrated and challenged. But you can trust. You can trust God. And we need to reconfirm that decision to trust him. Are there areas in your life that you need to humble yourself in? You, you need to open your mind to, okay, what's next, God? What are you going to do? And then adapt as he shows you that next step. Do you, is there things like that? And all that is based in trusting God, that, that he has this under control. My question, if there's areas in your life like that, <clears throat> that you're holding back from letting go because of fear, fear of consequence, fear of what's next, fear of I don't have control of this. If you're going through that, will you surrender those to him today?
Will you just, Lord, I trust you in these. See, trust involves letting go and knowing that God's going to catch you in the midst of that. God's going to lead you in the midst of that. And so during this holiday season into this new year, I want to challenge you to let go of your grip on your plans and trust God to lead you. Just let go of that, right? Just know, I don't have to hold on so tight, but I want to like this. You know what? It's okay. God, I'm just going to let go. I want my relationship to be like this with my, 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 my spouse or my, my mother or my father. or You know what? I get that. It may look a little different. God is in your hands. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to submit to you and do according to your word. But God is in your hands. Especially when you're dealing with other people. There's a whole lot you can't control in other people's lives, right? But Lord... I know your Holy Spirit's going to convict them. I know your Holy Spirit's going to do a work. And if they aren't convicted and start to change, that's not between me and you. That's between them and God. So we learn to let go of those bitter relationships because they're not fighting you. They're fighting God. Amen? You just continue going through life going, in this situation, I'm making choices. Lord, I'm your servant. Be to me according to your word. That crazy person, they can do whatever they want. But between me and you, Lord, just be it to me according to your word. See, the, the enemy of your heart would love to keep you in fear and rob you from trust. Well, we're going to close with this. The reason why is because fear imprisons where faith frees. Trust liberates you. Fear will cause your heart to be disheartened, but faith and trust will encourage your heart. When you go through fear and you're trying to make decisions, it'll paralyze you. Like, you'll just seize up. But faith, man, it will empower you to act. Amen? Trusting God. When it comes to fear, don't miss this one, fear will make one sick. Where trust and faith, it'll cause your heart to walk in healing. Fear will make one useless. Man, Mary could have been fearful and lost the opportunity for her womb to be the birthing place of that miracle. So fear can make you loose, useless, but trust will make you serviceable. It'll make you be used by God. And most of all, fear will put hopelessness at the center of everything. Man, you can just feel hopeless. My plans are foiled, challenged, frustrated. And I just feel like my whole world's gonna fall apart. I feel that way sometimes. So do you. Hopelessness, it gets at the center of everything when there's fear. But listen, when there's trust and faith, man, faith rejoices in the fact that God is at the center and everything is safe in his hands. Amen? Everything. May fill up an upheaval to you and in turmoil to you, but as I let go, he grabs a hold (laughs) and it's safe in his hands. So close your eyes for a moment. Maybe for you, there's something in your heart that you're struggling to let go of, plans that have been challenged and frustrated. I want to challenge you. Just think of that. And just picture yourself with that in your hand, like I'm holding on. And just let go of your grip and trust God to hold on to your future. Just see yourself going, God, I give this to you. Lord, we have those things in our hearts in this room right now. And we just, we release them to you. Let go of your grip. Trust God to hold on to your future. And your next, whatever that is, whatever that might be, that next thing, look up here. Look up here. Look up here. Let go. And whatever that next thing is, just know, just like Mary and Joseph, it's in good hands. Amen? It's in good hands.
Amen. Give God some praise. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.